Good morning, everybody. It is the 1st of October. Can you believe that? We have a rainy day. We woke up with some rain this morning. I uh, just take that as a sign of God's goodness and God's grace that is showering over us and is pouring out over us. So uh, may this be like truly a new season. I know spring has already been going on for a month, but uh, like when it when it starts raining, it really it gets springy. <laughs> so, so I believe it's just a new day. It's a new time. It's a new season. So um, I just want to bring to you a word of the grace of God. More is lekkere maaie te sien, maar roosa is baie lekkere maaie te sien. So, um, I'm going to start in verse six. So. Um, Let's, yeah, verse 6, Romans chapter 5, and we read a couple of verses, and this is going to be good news, no, very good news, no, extremely good news, okay? <laughs> so listen to this, while we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time, Christ died on behalf of the ungodly. Okay, so the other day we wrote in, we read in uh, Romans chapter 4, he said, uh, verse 5, But to one who not working by the law trusts and believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. Okay, so now again, verse 6, Romans 5, While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time, Christ died in behalf of the ungodly. So the first step to receiving grace is to let go of self-righteousness, to let go of the illusion that in your, in your moral self or in your life that you are better than anyone else or than at least someone else. Uh, let go of the illusion that you're getting some things right or that you, you're living a good life or a clean life. And listen, it's good to be moral. Do not get me wrong. We, we are not advocating that we are now going to go and give ourselves over to unbridled sensual things that's not that's the opposite of what i'm saying but what i'm saying is to receive grace you need to let go of self-righteousness at the fitting time christ died for the ungodly so we need to understand that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god the romans chapter 3 23, but all are justified freely by his grace. So all who come to him and receive this grace are justified. Okay, so uh, we need to understand that he died for the ungodly. So don't try to reason around it. You need the grace. Okay, so if we really take the true standard of righteousness that the law requires, all of us miss it by a long way. <laughs> so God's righteousness that he has given to us is the indwelling Holy Spirit. The new law of the New Testament is the indwelling Holy Spirit. The holiness is a gift. The righteousness is a gift. It is the Holy Spirit indwelling us. All right, so for the Holy Spirit to make us holy, the blood of Jesus cleansing us, we need to believe and trust in 
the God who justifies the ungodly. We need to understand that and put our trust in this fact that at the fitting time, Christ died for the ungodly. All right. Now it's an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor. Someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. Now imagine this love. I want you to just to imagine um, maybe a personality that you don't think much of, like your least favorite politician or so, something like that. Okay? Imagine someone that you have very low regard for. And don't be holy on me, you have someone like that in your mind. <laughs> okay? Imagine such a love in your heart that you give your life for that person so that that person can live. Okay? That's, that is uh, the love of Christ. He died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we did not deserve any of this. It is only because of his goodness. It's only because of the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Okay. Now it says, therefore, since we are now justified. Okay. Therefore, since we are now justified, made righteous, brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood. How much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? So how can God save you from God's wrath? That, that doesn't make sense. It does. The wrath is expressed in the law. And Jesus took that wrath upon himself. So by trusting in his blood, you are saved from the wrath as it was expressed in the law, because Jesus came to fulfill the law himself. The law was never given so that you could reach that standard. The law was given to give sin a name and to give sin a punishment. And when at the fitting time, you know, at the fullness of time, when the, when the uh, harvest of sin was ripe, <laughs> Jesus came and he harvested it all. And he put it in the wine press and he trod the wine press outside the city and he stained his clothes with the lifeblood. Okay? So we need to we need to understand this. When the sin was really bearing its fruit, at that time he said, Let it all come upon me. Let all this wrath, all the judgment for sin, all the judgment that the wrath the, the, the wrath that the law expresses for sin, let it come upon me. I will bear the burden for the whole of humanity. Okay, that's him. Right, so we are saved from the wrath of God. So he says, verse 10, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. So you got saved while you were an enemy of God. So when you received the Holy Ghost, you became a friend of God. Don't you think he will save you now? Even, even more than when he saved you when you were an enemy of God. <laughs> he says that we shall be saved daily delivered from sin's dominion. 
through his resurrection life. So we need to receive grace, and that grace brings to us life. The law can only minister death to you, but the grace of God brings life, eternal, everlasting life to you. Not only so, but we also rejoice in exultingly glorying God in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation. So you are reconciled. Therefore, a sin came into the world through one man, that is Adam, and death as the result of sin. So death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or, ex- or escape its power because all men sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before ever the law was given, but sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law to transgress. Okay, so Romans chapter 4 verse 15 says it also. Um, there's no, you know, it says here, let me just read it, for the law results in divine wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression of it either. All right. So, Sin was in the world before the law was given. So the law had to be given so that wrath could be expressed towards sin. But God did not want to express the wrath of sin towards you. So he became flesh and he took the wrath upon himself. And he laid down his life and he took it back up again to to carry the burden for for that sin. So that he could give life and forgiveness to every person that would receive it. Okay. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses. So from Adam to Moses, death reigned. Even over those who did not themselves transgress as Adam did. Adam was a type or a prefigure of the one who was to come in reverse. The former destructive, the latter saving. So Adam, out of him came all the flesh people, the carnal people. But Christ, the last Adam... Out of him came all the spirit-filled, born-again people. Okay. But God's free gift, verse 15, is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. Okay, so uh, the sin was dire, the sin was heavy, the sin was rough. But as much as the sin was a problem, the free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. The grace of God is out of all proportion to the fall of man. So my friend Marnus now has this example. He was sitting by the seaside and God spoke to him. He was thinking about all things that he did wrong and he felt bad. Okay, So he was sitting on a dune looking, overlooking the sea and he was sitting there in Namibia. And God said, look up. He said, what do you see? He said, I see the ocean. God says, all your sin is like a drop. And the ocean is my grace. I want you to understand this. The drop, if it falls into the ocean, it disappears. <laughs> it's never, never again. It's like one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> If it's full, you will never find it again. (laughs) 
But even more so, the, if you take a drop and you put it in the ocean, it just, I don't know, it dissolves, it dissipates, it's gone. You will never find it again. All the sin of all people, of all generations, is like a drop in the ocean. Now, if you even want to um, exaggerate the sin, okay, so it's like a cup that you pour out in the ocean. Not much of a difference, is it? Okay, well, even if you take a swimming pool and you pour it out in the ocean, it's just gone. <laughs> because the ocean is just so big, it makes no difference. Okay, so a drop in the ocean. The sin of humanity is a drop in the ocean of God's grace. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. So I want you to breathe and to realize there is grace for you too. There is grace for whatever you're struggling with. There is grace for whatever you're experiencing. Okay. If many died through one man's falling away, much more profusely. So more than death that came through Adam. That God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of Jesus, the last Adam. Abound, overflow. To and for the benefit of many. Verse 16. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. The free gift can't be compared to the effect of one man's sin. So what's the effect of sin? Maybe someone, you know, went where they weren't supposed to be and they got a disease. Or maybe someone robbed the bank and they got in prison. Or maybe whatever. There's an effect. Maybe someone did something and it broke someone's heart. Maybe, you know, there's effects of sin. Listen, the free gift is not at all to be compared to the effect. That means God's justice kicks in. That means as Jesus took the sin of the perpetrator on himself, he also brought restoration to the victim. Okay, so the victim, don't try to, to get it from the guy or the, the, the whoever, um, the perpetrator. You don't try to get restitution from the perpetrator. That's religion. You get it from Jesus. So me, if I messed up, I, I will do more damage to try and fix all the effects than by just receiving God's overflowing abundance of grace because he knows how to fix it. And he can restore everyone affected. I want you to get this. Yes, but you know, you must, the consequences, and yeah, hey, it's forgiven. So if you are forgiven, God will even get you out of prison. Remember when Paul was in prison, okay, and uh, so there was a shaking, and then all the prison doors went open. <laughs> okay? Imagine that. All the prison doors went open. So no one asked why those prisoners were there. Maybe they were robbers. Maybe they were thieves. Maybe they, I don't know what they did. But in one moment, by the power of the Holy Ghost, God set them all free, and their physical prison doors opened. Okay, so I want you to understand the effect of the sin is not at all to be compared to the grace that God has. So maybe you're watching this from prison. 
<laughs> maybe you're watching this from, I don't know, a place. Maybe you're watching this from a place where you're actually sinning. <laughs> maybe you're watching this just in a holy state. You know, you're, you've received grace and you just, it's fine. Just keep on receiving grace. Wherever you are in life, keep on receiving grace. Okay, so, but what I want to tell you is the effect of what you have done, the effect of what you are doing cannot be compared to the grace. So receive the grace. If you receive the grace, it counters any evil tendency that you can ever have. Okay. Right, the effect of that monument, for the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification. God justifies a sinner. God justifies many transgressions. <laughs> the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation, that's the law. Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification. So even if you have many transgressions, there is a free gift of grace. There is a free gift of righteousness. And if you receive it, you are justified. As simple as that. And you stand before God just as if you had never sinned. Justified. Just, uh, justified never sinned. <laughs> All right. Verse 17. For if because one man's trespass... Because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So not only does he set you free from sin and forgive you your sin and wash you clean from the sin, he places you in a place of rulership where you rule in the kingdom of God through work and word. Where you say things that's powerful and changes situations, and your actions is powerful and it changes situations like signs and wonders, like you heal the sick. A word can set someone free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And all of that comes completely separate, separate from your works that you've done, completely separate from how the law judges you. This righteousness that God gives is freely by grace. And that righteousness is the Holy Ghost. So now, the grace is the Holy Ghost. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. So you need to receive God's help, the grace, the power of the Holy Ghost. So that you can be surrendered to him and let him live in you and through you. That's the reigning. That's the rulership. Okay. But now it says, if because of one man's trespass, Adam... Death reigned. Do we see death reigning in this earth? Sure, we still do. Much more. So people say, yes, it's as sure as death and taxes. <laughs> okay? Hey, there's something much more sure than death and taxes. And that's the grace of God. The free gift of righteousness. Okay, well then, as one man's trespass, one man's false step and falling away led to condemnation for all men. So all men. So because of Adam's sin, all men were born in condemnation. Wake up, inclusion people. So one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men. So you need to come and receive this grace. All can come and receive this grace. 
So in people's natural birth state, they stand condemned. But when you receive the grace, you are justified. So it's, it's irrelevant what exactly you did. What is relevant is if you trust in Jesus or not. If you have placed your trust in him. If you understood, I am the ungodly, and he gave his life for the ungodly. Okay? So if you can receive that grace, you stand justified before God. So that's why I said get, get rid of all self-righteousness. Okay, verse 19. No, for just as by one man's disobedience and failing to hear heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. So, by one man's obedience, Jesus, the many will be constituted righteous. So there's, there's a whole uh, uh, class or a, or a quality of man that came out of one man, Adam, with his nature. But there's a whole quality or a class of man that comes out of Jesus when they are born again and receive the word and when they receive the Holy Ghost. It's a completely different kind of man. The one is natural and the one is spiritual. The one has a flesh birth and the one has a spiritual birth. All right. So the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God. Okay, verse 20, but then the law came in. Now listen, this is the function of the law. Listen to this. Only to expand and increase the trespass. So the law was given to expand and increase the trespass so that all the trespasses can be punished in the body of Jesus. Making it more apparent and exciting opposition. But where sin increased and abounded, grace has surpassed it and increased the more and superabounded. Okay, I want to jump over to the King James. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. There's abundant grace for you. The grace is always more than your sin. The grace is always more than your ability to miss it. Your ability to miss it is like a drop in the ocean. And the ocean is God's grace. Verse 21. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace might reign also through righteousness, which issues in eternal life. So grace reigns, the Holy Ghost reigns inside you through righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is the character of the Holy Ghost. So sin reigned in death. Now grace reigns in us through the Holy Ghost. Righteousness reigns in us through the Holy Ghost, okay, and which issues in eternal life through Jesus Christ. What shall we say to this? Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace may multiply and overflow? Certainly not. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? The moment you received Jesus, you died, and you were raised to a new life hidden with Christ in God. Okay, Galatians 2.20, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Uh, so I've been crucified with Christ. It's not I that live, Christ lives. I died and he lives. Okay? Also, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. Um, we are of the opinion, we know no man after the flesh is he, uh, The love of Christ moves us, impels us. We are of the opinion that if one died, all died. And he died so that those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. I want you to get this. Yes, it is necessary for us to look how we walk. That's a different sermon, and that's a different scripture. Yes, we need to 
um, somewhere start manifesting the grace. But what I'm telling you now is how you do it. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing the works of the law or was it by hearing a message and believing it? He says, you who began in the Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? So keep on depending on the Spirit. Keep on depending on the blood of Jesus. The same message that brought you grace, that made you to be saved, that same grace will bring you to perfection. Just keep on receiving it actively. Don't think... Uh, that you have changed so much that you don't need grace. Oh, grace is only for the weak. Yes, it is for the weak, like you and me. We need to understand how weak we really are. Know your weakness. Know that you cannot do it on your, in, in your own way, in your, on your own. Uh, you need to abide in the vine. Okay? He's the vine and we are the branches. If any man abides in him, we, you know, we'll bear much fruit. Without him, we can do nothing. John 15, verse 5. All right. I want to read you a verse out of James 4 in the Amplified Translation. It says in verse 6, But he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit, to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. <laughs> Do you have an evil tendency? So here's your answer. He gives you more and more grace. He gives you abundant grace. He gives you more and more grace to meet this evil tendency in all others fully. That is why he says he sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. So humbling yourself before God means this, you receive his grace. Not receiving grace is you try to do it on your own strength by the law. That is the essence of pride. Okay, so pride is, I don't want God's help. Help is grace. Grace, Holy Ghost. Okay, so how do you receive, you know, <clears throat> John chapter 14 and 15 and 16 says, He will send you the comforter, the helper, the parakletos. Okay, He sends the helper. What does He mean by He says He sends the helper? He sends the Holy Spirit. Okay, so receive God's help. How do you receive, uh, what is God's help? It's... It's the grace. He gives us more and more grace, brackets, power of the Holy Spirit. So the power of the Holy Spirit is grace. And it meets this evil tendency that they were talking about and all others fully. All evil tendencies are met by grace. So your answer is in receiving grace. Your answer is not in introspection. I was listening to a message on, uh, of Bill Johnson last night where he said, how it messed him up when he went through a time of introspection. <laughs> Listen, um, if you're going to look for a fault in your life, you're going to get more than you bargained for. <laughs> so introspection is not going to be your answer. So, yes, we ask him, Lord, search my heart. Lord, if there's anything that you see that I need to address in my thinking, please tell me. And then he comes by the word and he addresses it and he corrects you. By the word, okay? Lord, search me if there's anything that needs to change. So I trust the Holy Ghost to lift up the thing that I need to address. And then he addresses it by his grace because the grace uh, meets the evil tendency. So your focus is not on what you do wrong. Your focus is on him and his grace. And the action is to receive that grace. So 
Be focused on receiving abundant grace. And you will see how your life becomes powerful, how you start ruling and reigning. Okay. So he says, verse 7, so be subject to God. So there's the humility. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? You receive grace, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Okay, recognize that you are sinners. Get your hands, soiled hands clean. He didn't say go into shame and guilt. and say, Just get rid of your self-righteousness. Understand you have faults and you need grace. That's all he's saying. Okay, so come, don't say, oh, I have no problem. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do have a problem, whoever you are. So you need grace. So be subject to God. Receive the abundance of grace. Let the grace meet the evil tendency in you. Res, uh, resist the devil by receiving grace. Surrender to grace. Surrender to mercy. Let God do a work in you. The work that he does is by far better than the work that you think you, think you are doing. All right. So it's a, it's a life of resting in his righteousness. It's a life of resting in the grace that he so abundantly and freely bestows and showers upon us. I will lie to you if I say grace is not important. To receive grace, uh, I think that's the very essence and the very core of Christianity. You need to know that you are forgiven. So grace, yes, forgiveness is grace, but more than even that, grace is the Holy Spirit himself coming to abide in you and living in you for you. So may you receive abundance of free grace today. May you receive the gift of righteousness today. May you know that you are justified before God. May you know that there's no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. May you just really trust in the fact that before God, you are holy and blameless and spotless. Before God, you are forever completely cleansed and perfected by the blood and the body that was broken and shed for you at the cross of Christ. May you just know and experience God's grace amen okay so i want to just greet a few people again i just greeted my mother hello again ma <laughs> and greg hello greg it's good to see you again and janine and bless you janine and phyllis brandt is all the regular faces i see here hey anel from george bless you anel it's good to see you ishmael here from menlo park bless you man and Fiona, bless you. It's good to see you. And this Phyllis again. So bless you guys. Thank you for watching. I hope this message has done something for you. Please comment and like and share if the message has, has done something for you. If you haven't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, maybe you're watching this from Facebook and so on. But we have a YouTube channel and we are uploading some, some of the old videos um, from, from way back in the library. Even Afrikaans sermons. Uh, audio sermons that we're uploading on YouTube. So there's a lot of extra new content on YouTube. So please go to our YouTube channel. It's uh, uh, just The Christ Life. You can search The Christ Life and it will come up. Otherwise, you can use the URL youtube.com slash The Christ Life TV. And uh, just go and subscribe to the channel. Also, we, we, we are trying to upload an Afrikaans, for all the Afrikaans viewers, <laughs> an Afrikaans message every week, uh, a new one. 
So, but be blessed. There's a lot of content uh, that will bless you. And uh, we, do, we just do all of this to bless you and to, to give you as much as we can uh, so that you can really know what the gospel is all about and so that you can receive grace. All right, so bless you guys. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Amen.